Hello, hello! This is Series 15 of Satisfied. The Series 15 podcasts enhance the Pathways to a Joyful Walk Bible study. This study covers what you need to know and the choices you need to make in order to have a joyful faith walk with Christ. I am Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. So far, we have covered why a Christian life is called a walk in the Bible and what joyful means. We also learned that we must choose the right pathways to take for our faith walk to be a joyful one. Then we covered why you must start with knowing who Christ is and putting your faith in Him to be your Savior. This is a walk with someone you know and love. In the next podcast, we talked about God's amazing grace toward you and how you can bask in its beauty. It is taking a walk outside in fresh air and sunshine where you experience freedom from any confinement. In the last podcast, we covered why you need to know who you are as a Christian. It is a familiar walk in a favorite place that you know well and can repeatedly enjoy. In today's podcast, we will cover choices you can make to determine whether your faith walk is going to be a joyful one or a miserable one. In the lesson, I asked you to picture in your mind a walk you took that brings the word misery to mind. You wish you had never taken it. What made it so miserable? Why did you choose to take it? Was there a better one you could have chosen instead? We can get so busy with life that we neglect to think about the consequences of our choices. If you don't check the forecast before taking that two-mile hike, you could get stuck in a storm. When you're hiking without a map and come across two trails, you could take the wrong trail and end up in a totally different location than planned. Choices have consequences in your family life, in your work life, and certainly in your spiritual life. In the classic novel called The Count of Monte Cristo, a man named Dantes escapes from a cruel captivity and lands on a beach occupied by smugglers. The smuggler captain forces Dantes to fight a man named Jacobo to the death. When Dantes has the chance to kill his opponent, He spares his life and plants the knife into the sandy beach instead. Jacobo's immediate response is, I am your man forever, implying today, tomorrow, and the next day, not knowing what would be ahead for him. He was grateful for his freedom. That is what Jesus does for us. He set me free. He set you free. And out of gratitude, you and I should choose to serve the very one who did it. Not knowing what is ahead of you, you can declare, Lord Jesus, I am your woman today, tomorrow, and the next day. That is pathway number four. Choose whom you will serve. But is that really possible? And are you willing to do that? What would it look like to serve the one who set you free? First, you need to understand your changed relationship to sin. In the lesson, you learned that you are set free to enjoy your new identity and relationship with your new master, Jesus. In that way, you are dead to sin as your only master. But you also learned that sin has not died to you. It keeps calling your name like it still is your master. I like Romans chapter 6, verse 12 in the New Living Translation. This is what it says. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to its lustful desires. 
You don't have to listen. You don't have to give in. When it comes to your letting sin influence you, you need to ask yourself some questions. What do I want out of life anyway? Do I want what sin offers? That old sin master talks a good talk, but cannot deliver anything worthwhile. What does he care? Once you're gone, he will work on your kids and your grandkids. That's a sobering thought, isn't it? Sin can no longer enslave you unwillingly because you have a superpower in you, God himself. You are continually being wooed to do what is right. Titus 2 says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. You know what that means? When sin says, do this, you can say, no thanks, I don't need that, I'm good. You have Holy Spirit superpower in your heart to set you free to serve God instead of sin. He teaches you to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. He reveals to you through the Word of God, which is the Bible, and through prayer, what sins are in your life and helps your repentant heart follow through with your desire for change. That reminds me of a news report from the 1990s when Johnny Oates was manager for the Texas Rangers baseball club. During a game, Dick Bosman, the pitching coach, visited the mound to talk to a struggling young pitcher. After that chat, the pitcher amazingly started throwing nothing but strikes. Afterwards, a reporter asked Bosman what he said that made such a change. I told him, Johnny does not like what you're doing. Do something different. I think the Spirit convicts us that way. Jesus does not like what you're doing. Do something different. You begin to notice that something does not seem right. That is living by the Spirit. When your heart is open to Him, God helps you recognize the temptations and He gives you the way of escape, not through yourself, but through the Spirit's empowering presence within you. This is what is promised to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Whether or not you are presently tempted in a given area, you are capable of committing any sin mentioned in the Bible, given the right set of circumstances, time, and temptation. The progression towards sin may be like this. A received thought produces familiarity. Continued pondering leads to curiosity and loss of repugnance. Desires are generated to experiment, sometimes coming as a total surprise. The most dangerous are the ones that blindside you with a desire you didn't even know you could have. Having tried the activity, the flesh can learn to like and even grow dependent on any sensual stimulus. Here's the truth you need to know. We never outgrow our need to depend 100% upon Jesus Christ. Recognizing this should lead us to have compassion on one another and to not take risks with sinful behavior. A habit is easier to maintain than it is to start. 
Faith can be a habit, a good habit. Make wise decisions to protect yourself and to protect your mind. Desires of the flesh do not go away, but just like a fire, they can burn hot or burn down, depending upon whether you are feeding them. Don't feed the fire. Protect yourself by making policy decisions ahead of time to keep your distance from what tempts you. Those are pre-decisions. And continually pray, Lord, protect me from myself. Martin Luther was the priest who initiated the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s. He described it this way, I cannot keep the birds from flying around my head, but by the grace of God, I can keep them from building nests in my hair. That is true. What decisions are you making or should you make ahead of time to protect yourself from what tempts you? My friend Joan Floyd shared this with me years ago. She said, My flesh always takes over when I have to sit in traffic or wait in a line. I have no patience at all for that. When I have to sit in traffic and I find myself crossing the line, I turn on Christian radio really loud and pray hard. That is a predecision. In Christ, you have options for living you never had before, and you are free to choose daily to serve sin or to say, Lord Jesus, I am your woman today. You know what that means? You must make up your mind. No person can serve two masters. You and I know the old slave master does not stop calling our names. Jesus says you have no obligation whatsoever to listen to sin. You have options now. So let's look at your two options. Option number one, actively serve your new master, Jesus. What would that look like as a life decision? You would see yourself as fused with Christ. You would see sin as awful. You would commit yourself to being Jesus' woman every day. You would make the daily choice to submit to the Spirit's transforming power in you to make you more like Christ. Because of your faith in Christ, God does not hold your sin against you any longer, and His grace is continually forgiving you of sin. But don't be deceived. That does not give you permission to intentionally sin. Intentional sin does not fit with who you are as a forgiven Christian with a new life to enjoy. Yet, old habits die hard. As long as we live in these earthly bodies, we will be tempted to sin. Sin will happen, whether intentionally or unintentionally. So as an already forgiven Christian, you might ask, how do I deal with sin when I recognize it in my life? That is a great question. Here is the biblical process for dealing with recognized sin as a believer. Step one, view yourself rightly. Your identity is not coveter, greedy, gossiper, whatever that sin is. You are in Christ, a child of God who sometimes covets, is greedy, gossips, whatever that sin is. Step two, recognize the truth regarding your sin. That is confession. To confess biblically means to agree with God about what you and he both know to be true. Confession is not a formula, it's not a process, it's not dependent on a mediator. Regarding sin in your life, it is not saying, I'm sorry. It is saying, I agree with you, God, I blew it. 
you see your sin as something awful. Using sexual immorality as an example, while reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1-8, through 8, the Spirit convicts you that sexual immorality in any form is not pleasing to God. God says to flee or avoid immorality. You recognize this sin in your life. You agree with God that your immoral sexual behavior does not fit someone who knows God. That is confession. Step 3. Confession is incomplete without repentance. Repentance means to change your mind about that sin, to turn away from it, to mourn its ugliness, resulting in changing your actions. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 9-11, through 11, that godly sorrow brings repentance. It is saying, I recognize what I'm doing is wrong. This fills me with sorrow because it hurts you, God. Please help me to live differently. And that's how our lives get transformed. For sexual immorality, you want to live in order to please God. And God wants you to avoid sexual immorality. So you pray, Lord Jesus, please have your spirit nudge me when I am not holy and honorable with my body. Help me to say no to temptation and to give up any relationship that is not honorable to you. By faith, Lord, I want you to do that in my life. That is repentance. Repentance is not repentance until you change something. You can confess until the cows come home daily, habitually, and never change anything. Jesus called for people to repent, not to confess. Step 4. Repentance leads to dependence. Depend on the living Christ inside you for change to take place. Our Lord Jesus Christ is not interested in our compliance or outward conformity as much as He desires our obedience from the heart. For sexual immorality, memorize 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3-8 through 8, and any other scriptures that deal with staying pure and not rejecting God's instructions. Be sensitive to the Spirit's nudging when you are tempted to do otherwise. Desire a life that pleases God and make pre-decisions not to be sexually impure. It's okay to say, Lord Jesus, I cannot do this on my own. I trust you to do this in me and through me. Then watch what he does. That is actively serving your new master, Jesus. But what if you don't want to listen to the Spirit? What if you would rather hang on to your favorite sin? That is option number two. Option number two, be passive to your new master and say yes to the old master's sin. That might look like this. You think to yourself, I am saved and going to heaven when I die. So I don't think I have a problem with that sin. That makes the old slave master sin perk up its ears. You don't acknowledge or care about your identity in Christ. You don't see how doing that sin affects Him. You refuse to acknowledge your sin even though your pastor or Bible study makes you aware of it. It's more fun to keep doing it, which makes the old slave master sin just smile with glee. You don't want to change. So you don't ask the Spirit to nudge you when you're doing that behavior. Even if He does, you ignore Him. You are not interested in agreeing with Him. 
Well, this makes the old slave master sin laugh victoriously. Gotcha. The result is you actually put yourself in bondage to that sin. Know three things about choosing option number two. First, you are not free to choose when or how the consequences of that sinful behavior will hurt you or those you love. Living passively or pursuing a sinful lifestyle as a believer does not change your identity, but it does change your usefulness to God and definitely the enjoyment of your benefits in Christ. You are not going to have a joyful walk. Secondly, you are not free to not have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, working in you to make you like Jesus. The easy way or the hard way, and He will. And then third, you are free to finally come to your senses, agree with God that you have been sinning deliberately, and allow Him to change your behavior to match up to your identity in Christ and what pleases Him. It is never too late to say, Lord Jesus, I am your woman again. Being passive to your new master Christ and saying yes to the old master's sin is not your best option, is it? Actively serving Jesus as your master is your best option. Actively serve Jesus. Yet even while actively serving Him, you may be trusting Him with some aspects of your life while not doing so in others. Over a lifetime, the Lord reveals areas of your life that you need to surrender to Him. When you do so, the greater power within you, God Himself, changes you. You experience being set free from the power of sin in that area of your life. This is the best lifestyle to choose. Dear believer in Christ, are you experiencing the freedom from slavery to sin in your life right now? If not, do you have confidence that you do not have to listen to the voice of your old slave master, Sin? You have a new master with greater power living inside of you, the Spirit of God Himself. He can give you freedom from any entrapping sin. Claim that freedom now. Choose to say this with me, Lord Jesus, I am your woman today. Will you say that tomorrow and the day after that? To have a joyful walk, you need to know Christ. You need to bask in God's wonderful grace. And you need to grasp who you are as a Christian. You must also choose whom you will serve every day. And you must claim your freedom in Christ from any kind of bondage. That is pathway number five and the next podcast. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with joy so that your daily walk with Him will be a joyful one. Until next time, I am Melanie Newton, and this is Series 15 of Satisfied.